On today's episode of the Turnpod, we have a handful of mailbag questions. We'll do our MLB playoff preview. We're going to grade all the Phillies for 2021. We're going to review week four, preview Thursday night for week five, a little bit of an NBA roundup, and then we're going to give our W and our L. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We welcome you to the podcast that helps you to achieve Zen because it's time for episode 10 of the PA Turnpot. As always, I'm Rob, and I'm joined by my buddy, Joel. How are you today? I'm pretty good, man. I'm back. 98% better. <laughs> Let's go. No more sickness. How about you, sir? How are you today? That would put you at like 176% now, or 186% because you were 98% better last episode too, right? I think it was 85, but yeah. Oh, okay. So whatever. I can't do math. <laughs> I'm doing all right too. It's a powerful uh, jersey you have on there. What do we have on today here? Uh, in honor of our Thursday night football this week between the, I don't even know who it is. Is it the Cardinals? And, yep. <laughs> oh, it's not even the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rams and Seahawks. I believe. Oh, um, oh great. I threw on a, uh, yeah, you're right. I put on a Rondell Moore Purdue jersey because I thought the Cardinals were playing tomorrow. <laughs> that shows how much prep I did. Oh, shit. All right, well, uh, I guess I I'm waiting for theatrics. <laughs> We're off to a flying start today. <laughs> We're off to a better start than Garrett Cole, though. Facts. What a, what a jab right there. What a waste of money by the Yankees, huh? Uh, well, and your parlay took a massive dump. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. Um, so before we get started with the actual portion of the episode, we do have some mailbag questions. Um, and we want to thank everybody who sent them in because there's actually a bunch this week um, yeah. on pretty short notice, too. Um, so you said the one you received ties in better with our first segment, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so I'll read off the ones that we received and then the ones I received as well. Um, and again, if you want to participate in future episodes, Check our Instagram stores at PA underscore turnpod for the latest ask your questions there or the mailbag in our email at PA turnpod at gmail.com. So we have four here. Um, three of them are from people with the same first name. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to start hot. Uh, this one is from uh, Chris. How long until Deshaun Watson is in an Eagles uniform? Never. Next Don't think so. No. I think if he gets clear, the Eagles are going to be the only team that makes a run at him, like a real run at him. Really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. The That's way impressive. Roseman, he's got to save his job somehow. Um, <laughs> second one. Uh, this one comes from this one comes from Bruce. Uh, why did the Phillies get rid of Jeremy Hellickson so early in his career? And any Aaron Nola trade speculation? Mm. So I'll take the first part if you want to take the second part. Um, we can we can uh, tag team on the yeah. So I, my my first thought when I saw this was you know the reason they signed him in the first place is just because they needed a warm body in the rotation. Mm-hmm. I mean he was here in what sixteen and I think seventeen. Um, uh, he he took the qualifying offer I think going into seventeen. They traded him I think to Washington. I think that the fact is they were just out of the race, and they just let him go and tried to get something in return for him. Um, he obviously won rookie of the year in 2010 with the Rays and was pretty solid here. Good control pitcher. 
didn't overpower anybody, but it was like a good veteran at the front end of the rotation. I think it was just ready for Nola to take over as the ace. And then they were pretty ready to take the next step as a team, whether or not they did, you know, I mean, they didn't, but, but they went after Jake Arrieta. They were relying on other guys too. So I think that he was more of like a, a warm body for the rebuild more than anything. Um, and then what do you think as far as uh Nola trade speculation? Uh, I don't think there's nothing to that actually. I mean, yeah, he had a bad season, but we all go through slumps, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think in yeah. an, in a way, I think everybody should be on the table, but that's I it, doubt but... that they move him. No, like what? You, unless you get something that's pretty decent, that like, all right, we can afford to let him go, and we're getting some value in return. And it's a win-win for mm-hmm. both clubs, sure. Yeah, but what are the chances of that happening? Especially well, that's with, what I'm going to uh, ask you with the ownership. So I say zero chance. Okay, I was going to say on a scale from one to ten, what do you think the chances he gets traded zero? One point one, because that's a rookie score. I would probably put him at like a two five. I think if, if somebody comes along and offers them something for him and they believe it's good value, why not? I mean, he's off a down year, so I mean, his value is pretty low, but if somebody really wants that, you know, top of the rotation arm and they're going to give you something premium for him, then I say go for it. So those are two good ones. We got two more. Uh, this one's also from somebody named Chris. Um, <laughs> who are the next two B-list celebrities you want to see in a boxing match? <laughs> uh Lamar Odom, two and zero. Um, I gotta think about this. B list. I don't even know who are B list. I don't even know who's A list. To be honest, I don't watch enough TV. All right, hold up. You know who I'm gonna put in this one? I'm gonna go Amon Shumpert, <laughs> and um, and the old guy Len from Dance with the Stars that gave him a four. Um, I want to see them box. <laughs> I can see that. What what, uh, what score did he give him? Did he get eliminated? I think he got either a six or a seven this week. He, no, he's still alive. Um, I forget who got eliminated. It's somebody I've never heard of, but the Karate Kid guy got eliminated the, the first time. Oh, no. Yeah, he was too old anyway. He couldn't well, move. He also didn't sweep the leg, so that would have helped. Yeah, exactly. Who do you want to see in a boxing match? Um, Let me look. I had to Google who are B-list celebrities, so... Maybe McNabb and T.O. Nah. Ooh, here we go. You're be- ah, I'm shocked. Millie Bobby Brown, a.k.a. 13, I believe, or 11. Whatever her name is on uh, Stranger Things. Her boxing... Let me see. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Okay. Dragon Queen. What a fight would that be? I mean, I guess the age difference is pretty bad, but yeah. Or who else? Who's on this list? Uh, I would go Stevie Wonder and uh, Stephen Hawking. He's dead, though. Oh, is he? Yeah, Hawking is dead. I oh, thought he can't <laughs> lose. I would have... B-list celebrities. I don't know, actually. I, I don't know what, what makes you a B-list celebrity, just not have enough money. Apparently, Jason Momoa is a B-list celebrity, so... I don't know who that is. Aquaman? If your headphones were not plugged in and I said Jason Momoa, someone in the room would turn their head. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not me. We're not in the same room. That's not me. <laughs> the producer. Um, But 
I guess Ellen DeGeneres and <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Just do yeah, it. Out. Sure, why not? There you go. That's my final answer. All right. And the last one, also coming from a person named Chris. Uh, <laughs> who are your World Series picks? I'm just going to take this as a what two teams do you think are going to be in the World Series and who do you think wins it? Which will actually segue into our first segment. All right. The teams, well, the teams are, what is it? Boston, the so Rays. Bo- Boston takes on Tampa in the first round. Houston takes on the Chicago White Sox. And then in the National League, um, the Braves. We got? Yeah, you got Middle Braves. Off. Braves and Brewers, and then the Giants are waiting on tonight's winner between the Cardinals and the Dodgers. All right, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, if you have it, I would say go first because I'm not sure yet. Um, I got... <laughs> because baseball's quirky this way. <laughs> I have Houston <laughs> going against San Francisco. Game six, some shenanigans, and the Houston Astros win. Okay. And there's going to be some controversy. Did they cheat again? <laughs> Baseball's weird that way. So this one's tough. I'm going to go in a weird way. I don't really believe in them the way I did last year, but I'm going to go Tampa Bay and San Francisco. That's not bad. I think the Giants win it. Yeah, they look pretty unbeatable yeah i don't understand it they're just a team full of just stellar players and i'm excited to see them play against i'm actually probably most excited so houston chicago is going to be a really good series i'm really excited about giants against whoever wins tonight because they're going to get either a dodgers team that they've played already 18 times or they get that really red hot uh cardinals team the veteran yeah cardinals team mm. yeah Good answers right there. So we thank everybody for sending in the mailbag questions. We'll put another story up on the Instagram at PA underscore turnpod in time for Friday's episode. Hopefully we get a couple for that day as well. Friday seems to be our, like our fun kind of loosey goosey, um, like loosely segmented episode. So a lot of laughter, a lot of good stuff. Um, So the playoffs did begin last night. Um, We're going to get away from football a little bit today, but Playoffs in baseball started last night with Boston, the Red Sox defeating the Yankees at Fenway. Ooh. Final score was six to two in the American League wildcard game. First time that the Red Sox have participated in the wildcard game. I believe it's the third time the Yankees have. The Yankees lost to Houston in 2015, and they beat Oakland in 2018, I want to say. Uh, that was the game that I think Didi Gregorius hit a grand slam or something and tied the game. That was a weird one. Uh, actually, no, they played in multiple. I think it was the Twins that they beat in a wild card game, actually, not the A's. Because I remember Severino got pulled in, like, the first inning. Severino. Yeah, Brian Dozier led the game off with a home run. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Garrett Cole last night, all the money in the world, in his bank account, I guess the check cleared because he stopped pitching well. He only lasted two innings, lasted into the third inning. So he went two innings, gave up four hits, three runs all earned, all by way of the home run. Um, two-run home run off the bat of Xander, Xander Bogarts and a solo home run by Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber, baseball is so cyclical. Schwarber actually hit a home run off Garrett Cole in 2015 in the wild card game when those guys were on the Pirates and the Cubs, respectively. That led to the big Cubs run. Uh, they came up just shy, losing to, I believe, the Mets. But 
Yeah. That was a good game. That was that was the year Jake Arrieta was electric, and he shut down the the Pirates in the wild card game. But so Schwarber basically knocked Cole out of the game. They went to the bullpen, only gave up three more runs the rest of the way, but couldn't really get it going. Uh, on the flip side, Nate Valdi went five and a third for the Red Sox, only gave up one run, eight Ks, uh, yep, four hits, eight strikeouts, uh, seventy-one pitches. A good bounce back from when he got bounced in the third inning the last time he pitched. So. Red Sox look like they're set up. They have not yet announced a starting pitcher for game one against Tampa. Tampa, I believe, is going with uh, the the kid McClanahan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Shane Baz will start game two. I believe Chris Sale will probably start game one for the Red Sox, if I had to guess. But as of right right this second, actually, I lied. So Shane McClanahan's going for Tampa, and it's going to be Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox. So oh, Rodriguez will go game one. Good lefty. Chris Sale goes game two against Shane Baz. And then I'll see if they even announce the starter for game three. My guess is it'll probably be Evaldi. But then for the time, time being. And that's enough yeah, time? I think so. It's, uh, I believe they play Sunday. So he's got enough time to get ready. If not, it'll be Pavetta or somebody. That'll be the home uh, the home game for Boston, right? The first one? Yeah. Three. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's actually going to be uh, 4 o'clock MLB Network. So all these games are going to be all over TV. Um Red Sox showed us something last night. They they really it felt like they had momentum from the early going. Evaldi looked electric in the first inning. And you know, Stanton just narrowly missing that home run and then Gallo coming up short, you know, felt like the Yankees had a lot of the air taken out of their sails in that inning. I had one main takeaway yeah. happened over the course of the game. Um I don't know if you have the same one. But the play at the plate where the Yankees sent Aaron Judge when he was just dead out. I think you saw this. Too. I think I might have sent this to you. Yeah. Judge was just dead out at the plate and they sent him. And that, was, that I think that took all the momentum from the Yankees. So from that point forward, it felt like the Red Sox just had the game in hand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those are just small mistakes that just lead to big results. And that kind of just deflated the team and the energy going in. And then yeah, the Red Sox momentum was. Electric, the fans were electric. Playoff baseball back in Boston. And with the rivalry renewed as well, so you couldn't ask for it anymore. Yeah, and then I think it might have been the same inning. Um, so the, in that sixth inning, Rizzo homered, and then the Yankees, that's when Judge got thrown out of the plate the same inning. Mm-hmm. The, the bottom half of that inning, Sander Bogarts ran through a stop sign at third base on a Verdugo double, and it was like, oh, no, we're going to see the same thing happen here. And he wound up being safe. And at that point, you felt like the baseball guys were just in Boston's corner. So, Shades of 2004. Yeah, Red Sox move on. Yankees have a lot of question marks this offseason. Yeah, 04. God. Aaron um, Boone is on the chopping block. I mean, who knows? Does he own the hottest seat in baseball? As well, the two hottest seats, I think, were just relieved of their duties. Chase Tingler was removed from his, uh, his position with the Padres. And then um, there was another one that got fired today. Um, uh, Luis Rojas will not be brought back by the New York Mets. So Ooh, there's two seats that are – those are two pretty desirable teams. I mean, the Mets are on the upswing for all the things we've said about them. And then the Padres obviously have all the talent in the world. Now, I mean, if the, if the Yankees think that he's holding them back, they're not going to hesitate to make a move. They did the same thing with Girardi. That's true. I was going to say, uh, those two teams, Padres and Mets – Obviously, we know the history of the Mets, you know, 
the whole shenanigans, the earring that was lost, and then <laughs> booing the fans when they do something good. Yeah. That, coupled with also now out west with the Machado, Tatis beef and all this nonsense and the expectations didn't go so well. Do you think those were the scapegoats? The managers were the scapegoats for the team's behavior and lack of productivity? Or do you think the writing was on the wall from opening day and it was just a matter of time? I think in a way, yes, because I don't think the Mets problems were all on the manager. I don't know if anybody could have managed them to a better season losing to Grom midseason, uh, not having Syndergaard like at all. Cespedes is going missing last year. Um, it seems like the owner has no clue what he's doing. It's just a rich guy, Steve Cohen, who bought the team for fun and doesn't really know what he's doing in baseball. Um, I can't speak on the day-to-day stuff because I obviously don't follow those teams too closely, but Padres kind of fell off at the end. At one point, the Phillies were fighting with the Padres for the wild card, and I think the Padres wound up being under 500 for the season. So Damn. Padres were, you know, they were in it, in it, in it, and then they just fell off. So Tingler could just be like a Kapler-esque scapegoat, or he could actually be somebody that didn't really help the problem. I think the issue with the Padres is down the stretch, they just ran out of pitching. Because at one point, the rotation consisted of, you know, actual pitchers, and then Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez pitching in the most important series of the year. So at at a certain point, your team just kind of disintegrates in front of you, and I think that was the issue they ran into. If you want to blame that on the manager, I guess you can, but that's usually the easy way out. For sure. And now, Boston and Tampa. Is tomorrow? Uh, Boston, Tampa, I believe. For the ALDS. I believe tomorrow Houston plays Chicago. Let me double check that. Ah. Plenty of prep. Uh, Yeah, so Boston, Tampa tomorrow, 807 FS1, right before that White Sox and Astros. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like it's, you know, it's kind of cliche. We have four really good series and we don't even know who the team is. that's going to be facing San Francisco. We just know it's whoever they face. It's going to be a good series. I mean, if anything, five, well, four good series. And then the one really good game tonight. Yeah. Tonight's going to be good. Baseball's on the spotlight tonight. Yeah. Baseball is the only thing going right now. Playoff, um, this is, this is their chance tonight to really take the bull by the horns and, and draw America's attention. Cause obviously football tomorrow, but you know, it's going to be fun. I, I, I'm i interested to see. I think each of these four series can go one way or the other. I could see L.A. or St. Louis beating San Francisco, and I can see San Francisco doing the inverse. I can see either the Brewers or the Braves beating one another. Boston, Tampa could go either way. Division teams. Houston, Chicago is going to be a really good series. Um, I'm just really interested to see what happens tonight. Um, it's a nationally wild card. Adam yes. Wainwright and Max Scherzer. I'm going to guess when I say this, but I'm going to guess that that's probably the oldest pitching matchup we've had in a, in a wild card game. <laughs> wild card has only been a thing for about eight years. So we haven't had a ton of pitching matchups, but Wayno's in his late 30s, Scherzer's in his mid to late 30s. Both of them had pretty, you know, huge seasons, like Renaissance seasons. And for Wainwright to get a ball, get the ball in a game like this says a lot about his manager's confidence in him and then shirts are just been electric and just untouchable down the stretch since he got traded so what's your uh what's your read on this game tonight um i think he's also getting the start because kershaw's out i yep. think i would put kershaw in the one spot i mean bueller hot hand yeah bueller could get the start tonight too and i would be shocked and uh julio arias led the national league in wins so i mean if you take wins 
for what they are, but I mean, is there so a rumor that Dodgers uh, have so many guys? Yeah, I was just gonna say that since they have so many guys, do you think uh, Roger Clemens steps up to the mound tonight? <laughs> yeah, Roger Clemens will go, and then Mike Piazza will do the catching if, for him. If Roger Clemens is on that mound, he, it would be the oldest pitching matchup combined age wise. Yeah. Um, who do I have tonight? You asked. Sorry. Yep. So the that. Dodgers are currently, as it seems, in almost every baseball game, laying one and a half runs. Uh, St. Louis is plus one ninety nine. Dodgers are minus two nineteen. Pretty heavy favorites. The over under seven and a half. Now, um, those were from ESPN, and those were about earlier in the day. So I don't know if they updated, but that seems about right. Even if it does fluctuate from, you know, almost at the moment, it's 7 p.m., one hour away from game time, I believe, or an hour and a half. Yep. Uh, I would have Dodgers for sure, money line. But we talked off the air in pre-production. Those St. Louis Cardinals, man, they're red hot. They can beat this team and go on a freaking run. No doubt. The NLCS, so, at least. So the Cardinals are plus 194 at the moment, and the Dodgers are minus 235. So not much has changed. I think the Cardinals, I don't know. I think they can win. Should, will they? I guess we'll find out. In L.A.? If it was in St. Louis, I'd probably pick St. Louis. Yeah, I don't think if any if two players, I honestly, if three players are not going to be scared at the moment, it's going to be Adam Wainwright, who's pitched in big games his entire life, Yadier Molina, who's been around for – Ever. Forever, yeah. And then Paul Goldschmidt, who has, like, no ability to feel emotions. Mm-hmm. So, and the, he hasn't really had a, a true chance to play in the postseason, so I'm sure he's, like, salivating at this opportunity tonight. Dodger Stadium in front of the entire world, playing against the biggest payroll in, like, the history of sports. I'm <laughs> sure that the Cardinals are going to come out, you know, guns ablazing. They they went on that massive run to, toward the end of the season. They're 17 dropped, games. Yeah, they dropped two at the end of the Cubs, but still, they went on that, that magical run. And I think if any team's hot right now, it's them. For sure. And uh, before we move on to the NLDS matchup, we did have one more question from the Instagram mailbag, and it related to this actual game. It was from Sandra. Who am I betting on tonight on the NL wild card? Hmm. So I said Dodgers, but now I'm flip-flopping. I would do Dodgers money line with the minus one and a half. Adam Mookie Betts and Schmidt, that guy, Cole Schmidt, to get a hit. That's a safe bet. But Dodgers, I think, winning. Safe bet. At minus 234. I'm taking the Cardinals. This fucking. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I, I it. Exactly, it's a toss-up. Yeah, it's a toss-up. If the Cardinals win, it's going to be low scoring. If the Dodgers win, they will just blow it open. And this is a win-go-home, winner-go-home. That's why it's like, ugh. Yeah, it's a really I, difficult uh, one. I, I'm tempted to take the Cardinals, though. Don't, if, you're, if you're listening, obviously the game's already over, but future references, if it's a one-and-done game, do under on pitching because I would have a short leash on every pitcher. This is like you bring out your best. All the starters play. Like you can't risk it. Cora, he took out Eovaldi immediately. Said, no, yeah. no, I can't have this. Get that out of my face. But yeah, thank you, Sandra. The three Chris's that are not related. And yeah. somebody, else <laughs> somebody else that I'm missing. Definitely real people, by the way. <laughs> and then the other one was Bruce. 
Chris Chris A, Chris B, Chris C. Shout yeah. out to you guys. Yeah, I definitely appreciate everybody reaching out. Um, do you have anything? I guess this will be our TTP for the night. Uh, do you have anything in this game tonight that you like before we move on to the Phillies, unfortunately? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lay it on me. I have a couple here. I, I'm very oh. interested to hear what you like, though. Oh, dude, I went a little little overboard on my... Well, not by your said, standards. Yeah, but not by my standards. This, is, this was tame compared to your... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see you on BR betting in one of these days. Yeah, right. Shake a big. Well, first, let me go humble. Let me go a little braggadocious here. <laughs> $5 bet to win 50 bucks. I have Mookie Betts hitting two hits plus. Corey Seager to do the same. Trey Turner to hit once, at least get a hit. And the Dodgers minus one and a half. That's at plus 1,006 right there. Single game parlay. You get 50 bucks out of it if you put five bucks down. Okay. Double it if you get 100 if you put 10. The last one is a, is a nasty parlay at plus 61,590. Yes, sir. Went crazy here. So bear with me, people. <clears throat> Yadier Molina, two plus total bases. Corey Seager, four total bases. Uh, Betts has a hit. Seager has a hit. Justin Turner has a hit. Trey Turner has a hit. Why not? Yadier Molina has a hit. Everyone gets a hit, basically. Everybody uh, hits. Nolan Arenado, two plus hits. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt records two plus hits. Justin Turner has three plus total bases. And Mookie Best also has three plus total bases. So a lot of redundancy, because if you got three total bases in the hit, Bristol doesn't do much. But to say that I nail on this parlay... I put $5 down. That will win me over $3,000. Jesus Christ. Drinks on me, buddy. So uh, coincidentally, whilst you were reading those off, um, I took the DraftKings boost. Um, mm -hmm. No score at the end of the first inning has been boosted to plus 100. Ooh, that's really good. I love that. Um, so my first one that I really like straight is uh, Corey Seager to have the first home run of the game, plus 1,000. $10 bet wins you 100 bucks. Um, Not mad at it. I have won the same game. Justin Turner, three total bases. Trey Turner, three hits. Paul Goldschmidt, RBI. That's a plus 7,028. Um, if you like the Cardinals, I would take them with the over. It's plus 437. And then 25% profit boost on a three or longer or three or more leg parlay on DraftKings. Uh, both Turners, Corey Seager and Paul Goldschmidt all to get a hit, plus 256. Those would be my uh, what I like today. I'm not mad at it at all. That's way more tame than me. So, people, if you're listening, next time you hear our props, go with Rob's. More tamed. Yeah, but I'm probably going to be wrong. Uh, worth noting, Clayton Kershaw is officially out for the playoffs. Um, he has a forearm slash elbow ailment. Uh, he does not need Tommy John surgery, however, so you can expect to see him at some point next season. Uh, Max Muncy is potentially going to return this uh, this playoff year. Obviously, he's not going to play tonight. Um, he collided with Jace Peterson on Sunday trying to field a throw to first base, so he has an elbow injury. Um, his return is, quote-unquote, possible. So Damn, I guess speed, we'll see. Speed of recovery to those two gentlemen right there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on from six successful baseball teams to one 
not so successful baseball team. And who that um, be? We're going to talk about the Fightins, and I'm my co-host and I are going to grade about a dozen players on their season. Uh, I made a list here. Uh, before you start, I'm going to, before you I'm going to cut a couple guys off though. Before you start, we ha- we we can't just gr- blow by the eulogy of last episode. <laughs> it was superb. The reactions that we've gotten, the listens. Thank you. It was. I had no idea what he was going to go with. <laughs> Rob, any uh, post game now that the reaction has come in? How do you feel? About uh, your pretty good. Uh, for something I came up with on the fly, I kind of threw it together over the course of 10 minutes. Um, a couple of people that I know have actually listened to it and said it was really enjoyable. So it's probably, I'm glad it probably our had best that impact on everybody's life. <laughs> yeah, that was our best episode by far. Your segment was the hockey debacle at the end. <laughs> yes, that, I could not. I've listened to that at least five times. I think I'm listening. If you, to you haven't listened before. to that, <laughs> yeah. If you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen last week. Episode Eulogy nine. is about ten minutes in, and then the hockey segment's like the last half hour. Just that. phenomenal content. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to kind of go through this pretty quickly because if we harp on it too long, I'm just going to want to hang myself. Um, we're going to grade all the Phillies and their yeah. 2021 seasons. Uh, we're going to do all the prominent ones. Um, so I have five starters here. Uh, I'm going to cut off two of the relievers. I'm not really worried about them. All right, I'm going to cut off three of the relievers here. Uh, we're doing it live. Do it live. Um, and then I'll read off about uh, about 10 position players, all the starters, and then a couple of the fill-ins. Um, I'm going to read off the stats for you because I know neither of us are going to remember any of this. So we're just going to start with, I guess, the most positive ones. Um, well, I guess the most positive one is going to be Zach Wheeler. Uh, Zach Wheeler finished the season with a 278 ERA, 213 innings pitched, um, 247 strikeouts led baseball in strikeouts this year. His whip was just over one. And uh, honestly, probably had his best season uh, in the pros. Um, his ERA plus was 150. 100 being league average. So he was 50% better than the pretty much what the league average pitcher would be. Um, did not walk a ton of guys, only 46 walks to 247 strikeouts. So that's almost six, or it's just over five strikeouts per walk. So if you were to grade him, what would you give him? An A. I give him an A plus, given an how a. great he was this year. Yeah. A plus um, not a, the season, but yeah, an A. Yeah. He makes up for the next guy kind of falling a little bit because he really delivered as the ace of the staff. Um, next up is Aaron Nola. I'm not going to be as harsh on him as like some people week. have. <laughs> yeah. So he finished the season with a 4.63 ERA, which honestly does not tell the entire story because his FIP was still pretty low. His FIP was 3.37, which is almost one full point higher than Wheeler's, but still like a good number. Mm-hmm. Um, ERA plus was just under 100. Uh, 5.72 strikeouts to walk ratio. So actually better than Wheeler's finished the season with 223 strikeouts in 180 innings. Um, what would you give him? Because of the expectations and he fallen off a little bit. I'm in between B minus and C plus. I'm in the very, exact same spot. Very high C plus actually. That's where I'm going to land. I'm yeah. I would give him plus. like a C plus being like a 79.5 out of a hundred. Yeah. Something like that. Because I don't think he was bad. It was just the fact that they needed more from him is the uh, the prevailing thought. And it, it was quite a letdown. Had Wheeler not really delivered as the ace, it would have been really disheartening the season that Nola had. Next one, if you want to give... Oops, sorry. No, 
not only that Wheeler season, if Wheeler didn't have that season that he did, we wouldn't be even talking about the Phillies down the stretch, possibly oh, yeah. into the walk or the division. No, you're totally right. It would have been done. And part of that is because this next guy, if you want to give him an incomplete, that's fine. Zach Eflin, mm-hmm. uh, only 105 and two-thirds innings, got injured again, as seems to be the case with him every season. 417 ERA, better than Nola's. Um, strikeout to walk ratio is actually higher than both the first two guys. Jeez. A 6.19 strikeouts to walk ratio. Finished the season with 99 strikeouts and only 16 walks. Um, early on in the season, he was certainly a little bit better than he was toward the end there, which was like July, I guess. Yeah. But over the course of like his time on the roster, would you give, I guess you have to take the entire season into account. What would your grade for him be? A B. I would go B minus just because he didn't last to the finish line. Had he done that and sustained those numbers for an entire season, it'd be a, a solid B because he would certainly make up for Nola. But okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm with you in, in, uh, in theory, I guess. Because I'm giving, I was just on the fence with Nola, either C plus mm-hmm. or a very like mid B minus. I'm like, all right, I'll give Eflin a B, a solid B for sure. Yeah. I'm also biased because he's probably my favorite player on the team. So yeah, right. <laughs> I, if I could, I'd give him an A+. Plus. Um, get well soon. I really do hope he's ready for next season. All right, the next two guys... He's, um, he's not going to give you season ticket passes, all right? Uh, sadly, he's on my desk. Um, <laughs> sadly, so the next two guys are going to get kind of like a... We're going to have to grade them on a curve because one was not here all season and the other one also kind of wasn't here all season. Um, Kyle Gibson, um, these numbers look like they're only his Phillies numbers. So he finished as a Philly... In 12 starts, a 5-0-9 ERA, 69, nice innings pitched, 2.65 strikeout to walk ratio, so not exactly blowing the ball past guys. His ERA plus was 82, so by the metrics, he was actually below average. Um, what would you give him? C minus. Yeah, I'm going to go just like a C because, I mean, I would give him a, a C minus because of the fact that he was their big – um, you know, mid-season acquisition because they didn't do anything at the deadline except him. Yeah, but he did help down the stretch. He did kind of stink toward the end, but he was helpful and he helped to solidify the rotation a little bit. And he also came with Ian Kennedy, who allowed uh, the Phillies to move the next guy into the rotation, Ranger Suarez. Um, one of the most interesting seasons I think I've ever seen. Uh, he finished the season with the lowest ERA in MLB history among players with at least 10 starts and 20 relief appearances. Mm-hmm. So he had a one three six ERA in 106 innings. He started 12 games. He finished 13 games and he, <laughs> he in 39 appearances. So when he was a reliever, he finished 13 games, recorded four saves. His ERA plus was 308, which feels astronomical. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. meaning he was three hundred percent better than what the average pitcher was. His FIP was two seven two, which was just like barely higher than Wheeler's three point two four strikeout to walk ratio. I'm just going to give him an A plus. I don't know about you. Unsung hero. Um, Unbelievable. That A-minus. number doesn't make sense. I can't believe that he has a three hundred ERA plus. A minus. A minus. Because I like okay. Wheeler. Wheeler's my my A yeah. But yeah, and then great season for Suarez. Dude, I printed out the baseball reference statistics for the Phillies, and good Lord. Um, I'm only going to do two relievers because there's only two that really mattered. Um, Hector Neris, 74 games, 
74 innings pitched. His ERA plus was just over 100 at 115. His FIP was 408, which is, you know, higher than you want it to be, but still pretty good. 98 strikeouts, 32 walks. Um, he was basically the closer for a good portion of the season. They looks like they had like four different guys close, but um, we go ahead and give him a C plus. What do you think? I was going to go C plus as well. Okay. Yeah. He um, congratulations to him on uh, breaking the record for most strikeouts by a Phillies reliever. Hey. By the way, he he's in like the 500s or something. Pretty crazy. Uh, and then lastly, rounding out all the pitches, we're going to go Jose Alvarado, big acquisition from the Rays. Um, finished the season with a 4.20 ERA, only 55 innings pitched. ERA plus was exactly league average at 100. His strikeout to walk ratio was 145, but that doesn't mean he didn't rack up the strikeouts. It's just he walked everybody in the ballpark some nights. 68 strikeouts, 47 walks. Uh, what's your take on him? Or what's your grade for him? C. Yeah, I'm going to go C also. I mean, none of the bullpen guys really stick out. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're going to go through. They would mostly, all get B's and A's if yeah. we were in the playoffs. I mean, they all get A's in the playoffs. I'm going to go through the nine guys that primarily, or the, I'm sorry, the eight guys that primarily started at, you know, all the different positions and then a couple fill-ins. Um, I'll just start at the catcher position. JT Real Muto. Trash. Move yeah. on. OPS plus of 110, uh, 17 homers, 73 ribbies. Um, finished the season with a 782 OPS. I mean, not trash, but just certainly a letdown. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a C minus if I ever seen one. Yeah, I believe he's the highest paid catcher in baseball. I'm gonna give him a B because his yeah. defense is still very, very, very stellar. That's what I was getting to last week. Like, that's a Philly I do not like. Really? How, how do we praise this man? He was sitting out. Pay him. Pay JT. We paid the man, and then this happened. Come on. Yeah, I mean, he had a decent season. Just felt like he never did anything in the clutch. He actually led the team in steals. Real Muto and Harper both had both had 13. My catcher. And they oh, had the exact same uh, steals percentage. All right. Uh, first baseman, Reese Hoskins, finished the season with a 129 OPS plus. Oh, I thought you were going to say finished the season injured. Well, he did finish the season injured. <laughs> um, still almost led the team at homers. He had 27 homers, 71 RBIs. Um, his OPS was 864, probably his best season in the majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, problem is it wasn't a full season. Uh, what's your grade for him at the end of the season? B minus. Pro- Probably one of the most likable players on the team. Yeah. I like I'll go B minus also. His defense is terrible. But he did for a little while look like he was going to help to carry this team to the playoffs. And you wonder what would have happened down the stretch had he not gone down. Especially with Harper going off. Yep. But he also goes hot and cold. He gets so stretchy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The only difference though is I would have loved to have seen him in the four spot behind Bryce Harper toward the end of the season when Harper was just getting nothing to hit. Teams would have at least had to pitch to Harper in some situations. Um, next up, Gene Segura. His best season as a Philly, OPS plus of 111, regular OPS of 784, uh, 14 homers, 58 RBIs, 290 average. Did uh, drop a little bit. He was in the threes for a little while. Spent most of the season as the one or the two hitter. Obviously had the walk-off single the first game of the year. Probably his most fun season as a Philly. What's your grade for him? B. I like Gene. I'm going to go B+. Plus. I'm with you. I, I like Gene a lot. Yeah, me too. His defense is a lot better than it gets credit for as well. And when he played third base uh, for a little bit last year, his defense was much better there than people realized also. Would you move him to um, third? 
I mean, if you can sign somebody, play second. Defensively, I think he does make sense over there. I would just give Alec Bohm the opportunity to win that job back next year. He's on the All right, list, next right? up. Yep. Next up, speaking of disappointing players, uh, mm-hmm. Didi Gregorius, <laughs> Sir Didi, a 71 OPS plus, meaning he was 29% below league average as far as hitting goes. 639 OPS, only 13 homers, th- uh, 54 runs batted in. Finished the season just barely over 200 at 209. A 370 slugging percentage, the worst among the regulars. Uh, his defense really, really fell off toward the end. You're shaking your head and rubbing your face because this is stressing you out. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you think? That's a D. That's yeah, a, they that's, did. I haven't seen a bigger D than his first name, D.D. That's a D. D, 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 D. You son of a bitch. I was just about to make a joke about his first name, too. <laughs> uh, I was going to say add another syllable because that's another D. Um <laughs> I mean, didn't uh, the famous, <laughs> didn't the well-known poet Rob Van Grable last week in the eulogy <laughs> say, if Didi didn't forget to play baseball, that's exactly yeah, what if happened. It, if he just gives you a, a regular Didi Gregorius season, the Phillies might be in the playoffs right now. It sucks. There's so many caveats. And also, um, next, breaking yep. news earlier in pre-production, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's losing. It's not a guarantee. He was told it's not a guarantee that he'll have the starting shortstop position. They're looking for yeah, yeah. Uh, to boost that position up for sure. Yeah, the the most fun time for the Phillies the last ten years has been in the offseason. Carlos mm-hmm. Correa is a free agent. Uh, potentially Javier Baez can be a free agent. Um, Trevor Story is going to be a free agent. There's going to be guys out there you can get. So the Phillies want to actually open their wallet for once other than Harper, which they just keep talking about over and over. So, oh, yeah, we, we spent money. We bought Bryce Harper. All right, now buy him some players to, you know, surround him with. Um, next up is Trevor Story. Oh, geez. I didn't know we were doing minor leaguers on this one. We're going to do Alec Bohm next. Uh, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Alec Bohm hit 247 this year, had a 75 OPS plus. Uh, a down season, I understand that, you know, sophomore slumps are a thing because the league will have a little bit more tape on you, a little bit more information about you. Pretty Defense cool. was really not that good and obviously got optioned down to AAA. So I, I'm going to give him kind of an incomplete, probably an unfair C-. minus. What about you? I was going to give him a C-. minus. Um, okay. But he did well in AAA down the stretch for whatever reason. Double switch Poppy himself, Gerard, <laughs> bring him up. And then when he did, he didn't insert him into the lineup. You got one at bat in that Atlanta series. Yay. Yeah, whatever. So much for sticking to your veterans. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, speaking of sticking to your veterans, God. actually finished the season with a positive OPS plus, 109, had a 778 OPS. So a, a decent season power-wise, 27 homers, 80 RBIs. Defense has, uh, as seems to be the common theme with this team. Defense taking a downturn lately. Obviously, he was a five-tool player when he first came up, but lately has just turned into a left fielder that can barely field the position. Um, still pretty decent OBP, not as high as in years past, only 334 this year. Started the season as the leadoff hitter, finished it at like the sixth spot. So he, he's obviously on the downside of his career, but yeah. how would you grade his season? Solid C. That's what I'm going to say as well. I love Kutch. He's a veteran. He's an older yeah. player, so I mean, can't really ask much on defense. Guys like him shouldn't be so heavily relied on, and I think he's at the point of his career where he's like the sixth most important player on a on a winning team, and he was like the third most important player in the lineup this year. So that's uh, a trouble. I think his role just didn't make sense here. Um, also, he's better for the locker room and the morale of the team as a veteran. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, not, not a single bad word has I think ever been spoken about him. Um, speaking of players that have had bad words spoken about them, <laughs> um, next is Odubel Herrera, who uh, in between beating women was uh, actually beating baseballs into the ground too. Um, finished with a 416 <laughs> slug percentage, 310 OBP. He was the leadoff hitter for most of the season, played in 124 games, which is a lot more than I realized. Um, I thought you were going to say something else, <laughs> leadoff hitter. On yeah. and off the diamond. Yeah, on and off the diamond. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, 95 OPS plus. I thought he was fine. His defense was decent. I'm going to give him a C. Uh, I'm in that mid C to C minus. Yeah, it doesn't help. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, so C minus for being that. Yeah, actually, no, C minus. Uh, <laughs> and then this one shouldn't take too long. I'm just going to read the stats because it's going to make me happy. At, 100, <laughs> the stats. at 141 games played, Bryce Harper scored 101 <laughs> runs. Gave it away. Had 151 hits, 35 homers, 84 RBIs. Like the first like 10 homers he hit this season were all solos. He walked 100 times, obviously struck out a ton. Finished with an OPS of 1044, an OPS plus of 179. He's probably going to win MVP. Um, I'm going to give him a beat now. I'm going to give him an A+. plus. That's an A+. plus. Yeah, good for him. Good for Bryce. Nice bounce back from him. Friend of the then, show. Yeah. I'm only going to read a couple of these guys. Brad Miller played a ton of games. 140 games played, 107 OPS plus, 20 home runs, 49 RBIs. Bench player, he's got a spot on this team as long as he can walk, it seems. Um, what's your grade for him, Brad Miller? B minus, I guess. I'm going to give him a B because he filled that role pretty yeah. well. Started, obviously, when Hoskins went down. Started when Bohm went down to the minors. Um, another really good, just like out of nowhere, role player, veteran guy, Ronald Torres. Finished the season. He only hit 242, but it felt like every single one of his hits were enormous. Played great defense. Seems like a good clubhouse guy. What's your? I'm not even going to go too deep with the stats for the you know the bench guys. Torres, yeah, me too. Uh, like Travis it. Jankowski. I'm sorry. No, I said I like it. I like it. Oh yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, Travis Jankowski at 252 and a 96 OPS plus. Um, decent defense in the outfield. Kind of stabilized center field up until when Herrera came up. What's your grade for Jankowski? I think I'm just giving them all like B minuses B. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go C for him. And then the last one's Matt Veerling. 324 with a 126 OPS plus. Easily the most handsome player on the team. I'm going to give him an A. I mean, that is a good, good looking guy. That's yeah. an A minus for me. Okay. Because I can't yeah. do that to Bryce. Okay. Bryce is like elite. And then finally, <laughs> the manager. Trash. Trash. I'm going to give him a D. Now give him an S. Double switch. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. should get a U for unemployed. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So unemployed with moving on. NFL week four. Joel, how do we feel after week four? Uh, you and I both did pretty well. We're, we're staying over 500 with our picks, which is important. Listen. I went ten and six, but I should have went twelve and four. Denver, crap the bed. Minnesota, I never took you. <laughs> and then I take you after you beat Seattle at home. I'm like, all right, this is where they turn the corner. Kirk Cousins does what he does best. Shit the bed. Never again touching that team. That was an ugly. Game. That was the worst football game I've ever watched. It was a fourteen seven, and the 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 fourteen yeah. wasn't even two touchdowns. It was a <laughs> a touchdown, a two point conversion, and, and a field goal. Right. Yeah. At two field goals. And also, 
I give myself an L for picking the Tennessee Titans. Ugh. Dude, the line was so close. I'm like, how can this be close? Yeah, you don't have Julio Jones, yeah. but this can't, this should not be close. I'm staying away from any game that the Sharps are touching from now on because a lot of Sharps are on the Jets. I'm not and... touching anything Tennessee Titans. Dude, they're, they're befuddling that team. Ryan Tannenhill is trash. Yeah. Trash can tan. Facts. Um, so uh, last week, Joel went 10 and 6 with his picks. One and two, or we have one out of three for Trust the Parlay. 11 and 8 total. Benny doesn't believe in you at all, it seems. No, Benny uh, is with me. <laughs> Screw the Tennessee Titans. Denver and Minnesota. Uh, yeah, he agrees with that. Okay, look at him. Just go off, King. Let him know. He had a lot to say about that Titans game. Oh, uh, I bet. So, uh, meanwhile, I went 12 and four with the uh, just the picking the winners two and one and trust the parlay 14 and five total on the season. Uh, you are 44 and 20 with your picks. That's good for 69 percent. Five and four in TTP. That's 56 percent. <laughs> and then you're 49 for tw- uh, 49 and 24 overall. 67 percent. Very good. I'm 47 and 17. It's so only three better with the picks. Nine and three in the parlay, seventy-five percent, and then fifty-six and twenty overall for seventy-four percent. So we're both off to pretty hot starts, and it's going to get even more close as the season goes. Because that's only we're only off by three. I mean, a few teams will be the death of us. Yeah. New Orleans, your Panthers, my Eagles that were supposed to go seventeen and zero. The Giants. The Giants. <laughs> the saving grace for me is the Cowboys at this moment and the Cardinals. Yeah, at least grace. my Panthers look legit. Yeah, right. And we'll see. They're probably going to beat up on another crap team this week. Yeah, the Eagles. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we actually somehow leading into the uh, the Buccaneers and Patriots, we completely forgot to mention that Tom Brady was going to break the all-time passing record. With Drew Brees in the building. Yeah, um, Drew Brees. We don't, we don't blow Tom Brady like everybody else does. I give two shits about Tom Brady. But I forgot ahead, when you I forgot when you retire from football, you grow hair on your head because Drew Brees and Jason <laughs> Witten all of a sudden had a full head of hair when they were analysts. Yeah, right. Um, so an L to whoever Drew Brees, whatever squirrel is living on his scalp right now. But uh, he, for what it's worth, Brees has been a really good analyst so far, and I like listening to him on TV. He seems like a nice guy. Um, so moving on from week four to week five, we're going to touch on uh, Thursday night football, which is tomorrow. Got the three and one Rams headed to Seattle to take on the two and two Seahawks, where they pump crowd noise into the stadium. Um, <laughs> the Rams are favored by two and a half. Uh, it's minus one forty to plus one twenty. The over under is forty five and a half. I'm a total bozo because I thought the Cardinals are playing tomorrow, uh, which shows how much prep <laughs> I did. Hence why I'm wearing a Rondale Moore jersey. Did you say forty five and a half? Uh, Fifty four and a half. I'm sorry, I have dyslexia. I would have smashed the over at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money now. Yeah. Two teams that are coming off just weird weeks. The uh, Seahawks, I believe, beat the 49ers, where that game I thought was going to be like 50 to 40, and it wound up being like 28 to something or whatever. And then the Rams coming off an emotional victory in week three. They got smacked by the Cardinals last week. So two teams coming off, you know, very different games. This NFC As we approach week five. NFC West. It's a wild, wild west out there. And that's and that's a scary two and two team in Seattle. Yeah, they're always dangerous because of the fact they have Wilson. Mm, I don't know, man. Pump. I'd go with the Rams. I think they can bounce back. I mean, 
But th- this NFC West, every team's going to beat up on each other. So I'm not surprised if they could start yeah. the season series. So I'll take the Rams in this one. To go I think the Rams coming off of a bad loss, even though both teams were really kind of physically spent at the at the conclusion of both their games. I think the Rams, I would I would lay the two and a half as well. Same. Yeah, I, I don't believe in Seattle this, as much as some other people might. Um, we're gonna throw a bunch of TTP on the Instagram tomorrow, as we went more. We went a little bit deeper into baseball today, and I'm really just like the Seahawks don't interest me at all. Like, I know it sounds like such a lazy thing to say, but I, I'm just every time I watch them, I'm not like entertained at all. So, I really don't care about the Seahawks. They make it. They make a game sort of boring yet exciting somehow. In the same, like close. I just don't like boring. Russell Wilson. Yeah. I don't know. Pete Carroll seems like a fraud too. <laughs> what do you say? It was Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart that carried that uh, USC team? Oh, that's right. He was there too. Yeah. <laughs> Lindale White. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to throw a bunch of props on the Instagram. Obviously, we did a little bit more research on the baseball this week. Uh, we'll pick a winner for that game. We both have LA, it sounds like. Yeah, Rams. Okay, so we're both going to be right about that. Um, I mean, we thought the Tennessee Titans, but <laughs> look at us looking like donkeys. Um, I guess just for uh, for squirts and giggles, um, who do you think scores the first touchdown tomorrow? Seattle. They're at home. Who do you like? To score? Yeah. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. I'm going to go... I'm going to go sense. Rams, and I'm going to go Robert Woods. It's not bad. I just think he's such a solid player. He's a very good player that nobody talks about. Speaking of USC guys, he's a, just a solid guy nobody ever talks about. I mean, I'm sure people talk about him, but he feels like he kind of gets lost in everything over there with all the star power they've had through the years. And especially with uh, Cooper Cup looking like the number Oh, for one. sure. And Deshaun Jackson coming back into form. Jesus. Talk about a Undertaker meme. <laughs> yeah, right? If anybody do a single uh, ticket on anytime touchdown for Jackson yeah. and the over on the yards. Yeah, because if he catches the ball, it's going to be a, you know, a bomb. And open. Yeah. But- so we're going to touch on a little bit of other sports news. Um so we kind of just have a mishmash of miscellaneous stuff. I basically opened up my athletic app and read the first 10 headlines I saw. Um, <laughs> so Stefan Gilmore, who was initially going to be released by the Patriots, seems as though they've decided to trade him instead, get a little bit of value for him. He's been on the pup list since last year, and it sounds like he's coming back either week six or week seven this year. I forget what the uh, which week it is, but he's playing against the Giants most likely. Traded to the Panthers. Your Panthers. My Panthers, who have now added him and C.J. Henderson in the last week and a half. Tell you what, that defense, man. It's still no match for Tom Brady. Ah, Whatever. (laughs) They'll probably beat – they're probably going to beat Tampa at some point this year. Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith next week are going to blow the doors off this defense. Yeah, take the unders on those those guys. Um, But Gilmore, do you think Gilmore kind of helps them in a way to make them more of a contender, or do you still think they're, you know, maybe a year away? I think they're still a year away with or without him, but yeah. for sure they stabilized that defense, the leadership, or if he does have any leadership in within him. Yeah, it's just that, veteran uh, swag in the locker room. Yeah, it just seems like it's one less thing to worry about when you have a player like that on your team. I'm sure the Rams feel the same way about Ramsey, and I'm sure teams feel you know the same way when they get a you know James Bradbury with the Giants. 
Mm-hmm. Um, coincidentally, formerly a, uh, a Panther. Um, Darius Slay before he became an Eagle, when he was still good. Um, God. When you have a guy like that, it's just one less thing you got to worry about. Um, Chicago Bears, finally yes. committing to your guy. I guess you want to take the lead on this one. Coach Nagy, saving his job and his <laughs> reputation, finally commits to the rookie Justin Fields as the starter for the Chicago Bears going forward, barring any injury. Um, smart move, both for the team, for the rookie, and for his coaching career. Because I think he's done after the season. There's no, there's no shot he's coming back. He's just saving his job. Yeah. Do you think this is a good move, or do you think it's dangerous for him? It's always dangerous putting out a rookie out there, especially when the team is not that good or, you know, not really contending. But yeah. it's good to get him some reps, like uh, Jalen Hurts last season. Mm-hmm. But as long as the offensive line keeps him up and doesn't get hurt, like Joe Burrows, unfortunately, last season tore ACL, I believe. All is good. I'm all good. Yeah, I think you made the point. It was either when you were texting me or maybe you might have mentioned it on the pod. This feels like a year that's been very dangerous for rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's, you know, it, it looks very dangerous every time he's out there. Trey Lance, for as, as athletic as he is and for how many plays he can make, I'm terrified for him because I don't know what he's going to be able to accomplish in San Francisco. Fields, the only one that's actually looked any decent, uh, Davis Mills, or yeah, Davis Mills, by the way, for the Houston got like destroyed his first start. The only one that's shown any type of promise is Mac Jones. And uh, on Sunday night, I thought that he was the best player on the field offensively in that game. Him and Fournette were the two best players in the field in that Sunday night game. Mac Jones showed us a little bit on Sunday. Granted, a lot of his plays were three-step drops, you know, you know, very quick reads, easy reads. And he made it, he made the right decision almost every play. So he's been the only one that's really shown us anything. But I think it's also because he went to a good situation versus Zach Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, and Zach, well, you know, we talk about these guys all the time. The higher you go in the draft, the crappier the team will be that you're playing for. So I guess it makes sense that you'll struggle, but. Also and, coaching. Yeah. Bill Belichick and Jason Daniels. Yeah, you got to consider you're going from uh, from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and, you know, the Patriots. So you're going from Alabama to the Patriots. That's probably the easiest transition in the world because you're going from one pro team to another pro team. The two best coaches that's ever lived. The only hard thing is the weather. Yeah. Um, do you think Justin Fields will elevate the Bears in any way? Yeah. From this once point forward? More, yeah, once he gets more reps, and apparently his first start, he said, oh, it was very slow out there for me, surprisingly, <laughs> even though he got crushed all over the field. <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but uh, hey, more reps for him, and he'll get his footing, and he'll get his own style, especially if the offensive coordinator can make some plays for him. You know, to make him, you know, use his strengths, not his weaknesses. Yeah, maybe for his sake, um, having a quarterback of his caliber and his ability will make Allen Robinson want to sign there long term. And then there you go. You have a number one receiver for a little while and somebody that Fields can work with. Um, Moving on to another first year entity, Urban Meyer. Your boy. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to let you talk about him because I think he's a disaster (laughs) Wrapped in skin and hair. <laughs> All right. Urban Myers, the first time head coach for your Jacksonville Jaguars, came out in the comments and quote, 
did not consider resigning as Jags coach. Just saw the headline. I thought it was interesting. Um, it also like reminds me of another one of these big time college coaches that gets always asked go to the NFL, and then they make the jump, and then it doesn't pan out. Chip Kelly was one of them. Definitely the most infamous one is Nick Saban. Goes to Miami preseason and then I think leaves before the start of the season or within a couple of games. Leaves that team high and dry, and it's in Alabama ever since. Yeah, Saban went to the Dolphins for two years. He wanted Drew Brees. Ownership didn't. He said, all right, well, if I can't get Drew Brees, I'm just going to go recruit every five-star player in the country and make Alabama the dynasty that it is now. So basically, I think that Urban is destined to go back to college or he's going to wind up with the Bears and go coach Justin Fields again. Eh, possibly, but he likes to win. It's his reputation. It's all he's really yeah. known. I don't know. He's he turns scumbag. the Jacksonville Jaguars into a, a powerhouse, then he's out there on that list of Mount Rushmore's. That seemed like a disaster from the get-go. Yeah. Sure, he had the number one pick. Sure, he had his buddy Tebow, but uh, th- th- this is stemming from uh, him not taking the charter with the Jags back to Jacksonville staying and going to what was it like a bar or a club or something getting danced on by some like 20 year old female while his wife was at home watching the grandchildren. And then they both had different stories as to why they were, or he had a different story multiple times as to why he was there or something. I don't know. I think he's such a slime ball. Um, <laughs> not a fan of the show. No, he's not, not a friend of the, of the show. Um, over under years in the league now, now that that comment came out already. What are you going to set it at? I say under two years and a half. <laughs> I think he'll be here this year and next year, and then he'll dip. More he'll cite heart conditions or some stupid nonsense like he did before, and then he'll show up at you know Michigan State in two years. Damn, Michigan State. Or I don't know where Texas. No, you already said he'll, it. he'll go somewhere. Michigan State fans are now like hoping for three years. <laughs> Urban Myers comes there. Yeah, so he can ruin it. <laughs> The producer has spoken. <laughs> um, uh, next up, the Cowboys have cut Jalen Smith. Surprisingly cut Jalen uh, Smith. At shook. the time of recording, it seems like the Packers are the, the front runner to get him. Really? I believe he has to do his physical and then he signs there. Uh, so yeah. just another player that the Packers have acquired that is not a, a weapon for Rodgers. <laughs> um, but at the same time, they're loading up to try to get Rodgers a championship before he leaves. I mean, I was just shocked that he got cut, but hey, yeah. Marco Parsons is pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, while we're on the subject, yeah. Um, impromptu. So, Aaron Rodgers on the record saying that he thought about retiring last year. Um, obviously, does not want to be in Green Bay long term. They restructured the contract, took a year off at the end of the contract to ensure he would play this year. He and Devontae Adams have both said they don't know where they're going to play next year, but they would like to play together. Okay. If you had to guess right now, what team, if any, do you think Rodgers will play on next year? The Philadelphia Eagles. Think so? No. Um, I think he would go out west, which is hard because that, that west, especially all the L.A. teams, are pretty stacked. Right? You got the Chargers with Herbert. You got the Rams with Stafford. Any California teams out there? Can't think of any. I would probably say Oakland. Oh, fine. No shit. Well, not Oakland. Uh, well, Vegas. Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I've seen rumors about him going to potentially Pittsburgh or Miami, uh, Broncos, or Miami. Yeah, I actually I gave this some thought earlier. 
I think he ends up on the Raiders. And whether Adams goes with him, whether they can finagle a way to make it work. I think Carr ends up on the Steelers. And I think Rodgers is a is a Raider next year. I could see that. Last dance, those two yeah. doing it together. In Question is, will he clash with Gruden? Gruden's there pretty much for life. He signed a 10-year contract. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, Rodgers is there for like, what, two years maybe? Three? Yeah, two max. So he's there to just get a championship. At that he, point, you can groom your, your quarterback. So Gruden has more... Uh, yeah. stay. You can yeah. get the quarterback you want and groom him. Yeah, and it seems like Rodgers doesn't really want to do that with Love. Jordan Love will be the quarterback next year for the Packers. They'll probably stink. Rodgers wants to go somewhere that has talent. He's got plenty of weapons out there. It reminds me a little bit of the Brady situation. Bucks were not viewed as a contender. Brady goes down there. All of a sudden, you got the quarterback in place. You realize how great everybody else is. I think that would be similar with the uh, with the Raiders. How good Carr has been this year. He's still not you know, elite. Granted, he could certainly get there by the end of the year. Renfro, Hugs, Adams, Waller. Yeah. Bust. Yeah, Josh Thurden. Jacobs in the backfield. Renfro, yeah, he's been awesome. Josh Jacobs is good. I love Kenyon Drake. Gruden, for whatever reason, likes Peyton Barber. Couldn't tell you why. <laughs> they have good defensive players, too. Damon Arnett's pretty good. Trayvon Mullen. Uh, they have Yannick Ngakwe. Solomon Thomas. They have like, a lot of guys that I just like. And... Max Crosby's good. Um, oh, my goodness. This next one is right up your alley. This is not up my alley. <laughs> this is – I'm looking at the last – I thought we were just going to round up the, the football news before we segue into, I guess, the Mets. But I see Ben – I'm not even going to – I'm going to let you say this. I'll t- let you take the last football news. Well, no, before we hit the last football news, um, What's up? I, have a, I have a hockey question for you because I know you're a big hockey guy. Where? Um, oh, how did so, you sneak this one in? So Carey Price and Joel Ooh. Edmondson are expected to miss the beginning of the season. Joel, does this change your Stanley Cup prediction for the 2021-2 season? <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I think uh, the Hurricanes are just done. Um, The Maple Leafs, they fucked up by not, uh, uh, by not trying to replace Carey Price. <laughs> So I think uh, I think the Calgary Flames and the one of the Sharks might go to the Stanley Cup. Don't, don't and don't sleep on the Golden Knights. But yeah, I, I think spoken this spoken like a true expert because I had I had those two teams, but now I have now. Uh, I forgot the teams. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to ask Harry you Price? about. Uh, he's the goalie for the Canadians. Jesus. And uh, Joel Edmondson is the defenseman for the Canadians. I was going to ask you about the <laughs> linesman. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the linesman that got hurt the other night, but I couldn't pronounce his name. Oh, so. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, next question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so next one. That's funny. Uh, That's funny. I didn't even see that question. In there. <laughs> <laughs> Snuck it in there when you weren't looking. Um, so the next one, after looking like just a, a pile of nothing and poop the last four weeks, uh, Ben rape, when he was asked about this season, he said, I'm not giving up on this season. Um, Joel, should he? Yeah, I think it's time. Like, <laughs> that arm is, he's just, yeah. he's a sloth out there. Said it last week. If he can make people do things against their will, I think we should make him retire against his will because he looks awful right now. Future Hall of Famer? Probably. He's got He's got the Super Bowl, right? In his first two years or so? Yeah, he's got a million yards. Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl. 
I think he'll finish. I think he, he also lost in a Super Bowl, too. I think he was the one he played against Packers. So he made it to a couple of Super Bowls. Yeah. Played in a bunch of AFC title games. I think is he'll it, be a uh, Hall of Famer. Is it first ballot or does it take a second try to get in? I don't well, know it, it works. Football is the easiest one to get into, right? I don't know. Except for unless you're T.O. Um, it seems yeah. like they're letting a lot of guys in. So I, I think he gets in. I don't know if it'll be first ballot. I have no idea what the precedent is for that. Well, I'm sure he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if yeah. it's on the first shot or will he uh, wait? May, maybe like a first couple of years. I think he, it won't take too long for him. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, um, next story is ne- the Mets will not be bringing back Lewis Rojas, as we mentioned earlier. Yep. Do they bring Beltron back? So Carlos Beltran was supposed to be the manager prior to the 2020 20. season. Is that what it was? Because that's when the Astros stuff came out. Um, yeah. Beltron, of course, was infamously on the Astros team that cheated. Beltron also played for the Mets, apparently had a really long, like four and a half hour interview for the, uh, the job last year. And then eventually when all this cheating stuff came out, they decided against bringing him in. Um, a lot of guys were kind of pushed out of baseball, AJ Hinch. Um, I believe Alex Cora. I don't remember though. He was for uh, a second. And then, uh, Beltron, of course, uh, do you think this will be the opportunity now for Beltron to get Back in good graces. I mean, AJ Hinch is a manager right now for the Tigers. Alex Cores with the Red Sox. Like, I, I think over time it, it shows that nobody seems to really care about the Astros cheating at this point. I mean, do you bring him back knowing that's basically why you suffered, I guess, for this long? And you didn't, you brought in Luis Rojas to save face. It didn't work out. Now you going to bring Beltron, your original plan. Yeah. Or do you just I mean, go in a different direction at this point? I mean, Boston had Cora from what, 2017 to 2019. And then he missed 2020 because they had to not use him because of, you know, PR reasons. And they brought him back this year. So I wouldn't be surprised. Beltran apparently interviewed well. He seemed like one of those like veteran guys who could transition into a, uh, like a coaching or managerial role with no issue. So I, I think screw it. Why not? Also, I feel like looks like if he had a four hour conversation interview, I think ownership really wants him. So if ownership wants him, yeah. they're going to get him. So Yeah, you're right. It's all about if he accepts the job now with the t- current team as it is and yeah. what they do in the offseason. This isn't even like something that's been like rumored. This is just speculation on my part. Of course. It was the first name I thought of. Um, obviously, there are probably going to be numerous managers out there Aaron whose Boone. names get tossed around. Yeah, Boone could be even a, a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Girardi even. Or even a guy that you know recently retired. I don't know. I, who knows? Maybe. Clemens. Yeah, why not? You, me. Uh, I've never touched the Mets job. Got it. Richard DeGroat might. But yeah, no. maybe DeGroat wants it. Yeah. Um, transitioning over to the blacktop, there was some interesting news that came out. Pal Gasol retired. I thought he was already retired, so I don't know <laughs> what the news was, but I thought he died, and then they were like, no, he retired. Like, oh, what? At first, I thought it was Mark. I'm like, oh, he left the Lakers? No, no, it's his brother, Pal. So I guess he figured and realized Kobe's long gone and LeBron doesn't want him. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I guess I might as well retire now. What are your thoughts? A great career. Um, oh, yeah. It's a shame he wasn't moved to – I mean, he did wind up on the Lakers, obviously, but it's a shame he was in such a small market, not really winning for a little while with the Memphis Grizzlies. But in fairness, he helped to put them on the map in the mid to late 2000s. Got a chance to play with Kobe. Uh, then he got a chance to play. I believe after that he was where to go to the Bulls, played a little bit with the Spurs, yeah. bounced around a little bit after he was there. But uh, Pau Gasol, good for him. Good, for, like a great career. Um, definitely somebody that those like the European players will aspire to be. 
for sure. Um, or European and, and South American players. I think he's uh, from Spain. Spain, but you know, and, you know the up. the foreign NBA players because the NBA is becoming a more global league at this point. So that's just another role model for guys. You know, probably Luca probably grew up watching him. And that's another uh, notch on you because when we had uh, Rich on talking about the European players, they're more loyal to the team that they mm-hmm. get drafted on. And like I said, he was stuck in that small market for a while. Long time. And he didn't want out. He just, you know, hung in there. Didn't he, in a way, get traded for his brother? I'm pretty sure Mark was one of the assets that the Grizzlies acquired when they traded Powell to the Lakers. Probably. I'm almost positive. That's just one of those random things we know. For sure. Um, Unvaccination. These two donkeys. We have uh, Wiggins coming out, quote, Choice was vaccination or no basketball. End quote. No shit. Do you want to play in the league? Get vaccinated, my guy. Another one is flat earther himself, Kyrie Irving. Looks like the the Nets are unsure of plan if he's unvaccinated. I don't know where they go from here. He's been in a lot of talks with trade talks, especially with the uh, Sixers and elsewhere. What do you make of Wiggins and Irving? Well, firstly, it, just for the, uh, for the sake of explaining it, um, players who play for the Warriors and the Nets, I don't know if this applies also to the Knicks, because the Knicks are in New York too, but the, the Warriors and Nets especially, there are rules in place in the cities that they play in where San Francisco, you can't be, you know, you have to have the microchip in order to play. And um, same thing for, for Brooklyn players. Uh, Kyrie is against it. Wiggins was against it, and I guess wound up deciding to do it. Um, so he got his microchip and decided to play. Um, the, the the thing, so it, it is a personal choice in some regard. For sure. Um, so it do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell somebody what to do. It's not my body. It's not my decision to make. Um, however, I do think it is a little weird that the players who are coming in as a as a visiting player. Yeah. The players that are coming in as like visiting players um, are not held to the same like rules. Basically, Bradley Beal's against it, but if he comes into Brooklyn and plays, he's allowed to. That's weird. But but Kyrie Irving obviously can't at home, so Kyrie Irving runs the risk of, of missing. So obviously, his forty-one games at home, and then the one game that he would be playing in San Francisco against the Warriors. So he's going to potentially miss forty-two games this year. Forty-two plus because. This will lead into the next uh, news. Uh, they're projected to win the NBA Finals. <laughs> so if they're going to the playoff run, he can't play those home games. That's uh, true. If he stays unvaccinated for that long. And if the Nets, you know, yeah. have him on the team and are cool with it. All these different things. But, yeah, like, you're right. I mean, you're right. Like, it's their body. They can do what they want. It's their choice. Yeah. Can't force someone to do something. But... It's kind of like you're fucking. I mean, excuse my language, but you're like basically taking their livelihood in a way. Yeah, I, I'm. Again, it's nobody's business what one another does, and it probably yeah. shouldn't be shared publicly either. In fairness, yeah. whether you agree with what they're doing or what they're not, it probably shouldn't be shared publicly. But it it it's interesting to see what their teammates believe. Um, I'm sure none of the Warriors will care now that Wiggins has it, but uh, I, I'm interested to see what you know guys like Durant and Harden have to say about a player on their team, kind of costing them games and then probably, you know, think about the strategy difference when you're at home and you're basically missing your your third option. I don't know. It's a very touchy subject for good reason. 
Uh, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion on it. I'm just not really interested one way or the other. All right, um, moving on to our last news on a lighter news. Like I mentioned earlier, the NBA GMs picked the Nets to win it all, and KD, whoever that is, who? as the MVP. I don't know who KD is. I know Kevin Durant, but I don't know who KD is. Um, what do you make of this? Do you think they're the clear on odds-on favorite, especially with, after the Lakers bolstered up their roster, <laughs> the Greek freak out there in Milwaukee as the reigning champ? I don't know. I think that um, I think it's still the Lakers that should be favored. To be honest, I think that if I if you had a gun to my head right now and you said what team is one of the championship, I'd probably say the Lakers, just because I like I mentioned in the episode a few weeks ago. I think they're going to be set up um, regular season wise yeah. to get to the finish line as the one seed because you know Russ is such a great regular season player. They'll be able to give guys like Davis and LeBron a blow. I think they get to the finish line healthy and get into the playoffs. What do you think? I also, also for what it's worth, I have a list of the players that were voted the best player at their position by the GMs as well. Oh, really? Yeah, but I want to hear what you have to say about the uh, the favorite thing. Um, I don't like it at all. Um, really? Nah, I, it's just like I that to me doesn't mean anything to me, honestly. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Yeah, I don't take what they have to say for. And as a and as a fan, like say if I'm a Lakers fan and I hear that, I'm like, so wait, you're telling me. What is it, Genie Bus or whoever the GM is? Basically, said yeah, the Nets are going to win too. Because basically, said yeah. NBA GMs. Well, it doesn't mean all of them, but a good majority of your uh, <laughs> your peers out there are saying this team's going to win. Yeah, they poll the GMs every year and they ask them who they think's going to win, like MVP and things like that. Um, I don't have a list of the awards. That that might be something we should touch on Friday when we also talk about redacted and potential trade places for him. Now, um, but if but, we get Damian Lillard, yeah, I put the Sixers up on that list. So, for what it's worth, um, I'll do this pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, for positions, so they, they they voted for their who they think is the best player at each position in the league. Mm-hmm. Point guard. Would you, say, would you like to take a guess who the who they voted for as the number one point guard in the NBA? Redacted. Redacted? No. no. Ah, damn. Who is it? So Stephen Curry got fifty seven percent of the ah, vote. Stephen. Damian Lillard seventeen. Luka Doncic thirteen. Really? Shooting okay. guard. Uh, Trey Young is not listed. LeBron was four. Chris Paul was four. Steph Curry was last year's number one. Actually, no, he wasn't last year. Um, shooting guard. You want to take a guess at that? This one surprised me a little bit. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Off the heat. Butler? Yeah. So it was James Harden receiving 63% of the vote. Devin Booker, 17. Uh, so they obviously, the left is pretty open-ended because Luka got votes at two different positions. LeBron got votes at three. Um, and Giannis also did. Luka was third. And then Bradley Beal, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant all got votes. Um, small forward, Kevin Durant, 67%. Yeah. LeBron, 17%. Kawhi, 7 Um, Middleton, Luka, and Chris Middleton. What? Chris Middleton mm-hmm. all got votes too. Power mm-hmm. forward, Giannis, 63% of the vote. LeBron 27, Durant 10, and then at center from your yes. Denver Nuggets. Uh, Luka, Nikola Jokic got 63% of the vote. Joel Embiid only got 23, so that's pathetic. What? However, Anthony Davis only got 7%, so he's screw him. Yeah, he's, he's not a center. center. He doesn't want to bang in the post. The There's heck? no sense in doing positions if you're just going to vote for the same four guys at each of the positions anyway. Honestly. Like, what um, the fuck? So on Friday, we're going to touch on potential trade uh, destinations for um, 
number 25 on the Sixers. The teams that have come out so far, Golden State, Minnesota, Indiana, Indiana Toronto, Portland, Cleveland, San Antonio. We're going to put together some uh, some realistic trades, kind of grade them and kind of figure out where we think Redacted should be traded or where he will be traded. That'll come up on Friday's episode. But for now, we're going to do our W's and our L's. Hey. I have uh, two good dubs and one interesting L. <laughs> I have two at uh, both of these. Okay, uh, you go ahead for first, then, sir. All right. Uh, which one do you want to do the W's last? Yeah. Okay. So my first L, uh, this one's an easy one. It's just going to go out to Urban Meyer. Being a total slime ball. Uh, we already touched on him. Uh, just go back to college already or just retire. Retire. Yeah. Um, my L, I saw on the Daily Mail, I think it was on Instagram. For whatever it's worth, uh, the, the headline got me. It was a boyfriend who dated 35 women and told each one of them he had a different birthday to regularly God. receive gifts has been arrested for fraud in Japan. In Japan? In Japan. So. Uh, oh, he was doing it over there? Yeah. Oh. So he was arrested for fraud. I don't know if it was fraud for <laughs> that specific thing or some other fraud, but that's what it was. I didn't look. I mean, it might just it. be it might just be a character trait for him, I guess. I think Japan doesn't play like that. Wait, you lied that many times? That's fraud. Yeah, that's bullshit. Arrested. Uh, my, second, my second L is going to be Rodney Harrison. Why? Um, I don't know if you saw this on Sunday night. No. During the pregame show. It was him, uh, Mike Tirico, Dungy. Uh, Tony Dungy, and Drew Brees. Okay. It was raining. Tirico was holding his own umbrella. Brees <laughs> was holding his own umbrella. Dungy, at like 100 years old, was holding his own umbrella. Don't tell me. Rodney Harrison had somebody holding an umbrella for him. <laughs> and I think that's the ultimate loser move because you're either a prick or you have like some sort of Parkinson's or something and you just can't hold it still. <laughs> I think it's kind of sad. He had his so, own personal Fonsworth Bentley. If you look, that's actually what somebody said on Twitter. If you look up Rodney Harrison on Twitter, or you, just, you can probably find a screenshot of it. You'll see the four guys in the picture, and then you'll see somebody, just somebody's hand coming up from off camera. Um, look, the first thing that comes up, Rodney Harrison umbrella. There you go. <laughs> this is a crazy <laughs> picture. Yeah, pathetic. He's, he's probably the second youngest of all the four there, too. Like, people would look at this picture and like, how is his umbrella floating in the air? The only I mean, thing that oh. would have made it better is if the person holding the umbrella had on, like, a compression sleeve that had camouflage on it. <laughs> I want to know who that that king is. It's got to be an intern, right? I would think so. It, it, oh, you want to be on TV? You want to do this? Here, hold my umbrella. <laughs> oh, that's a, dub. that's a definitely L. All right, how many Ws do you have? I'm shocked that that picture's out there. Uh, I have two. Okay. Do you want to start, or would you like for me to start? Uh, I'll start. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully, I didn't take yours. I think we have the same one. <laughs> if you know the the name Eugene Bosey. <sighs> <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> if you don't know who that king is, it's from North. <laughs> it's from North Philly. He's a North Philly's alligator Dundee, apparently. Um, I don't know. It looks like Rob already knows, but in case you missed it, folks, 
This young king, I believe, lives in Florida now, from North Philly. And yeah, he's he lures... from Philly and lives in Florida. Yeah. This king was caught on video as he lures an alligator into a trash can. <laughs> I guess out in front lawn, because I guess his daughter was out and about. But the line of the week, in an interview, he says, I don't know, Rob, do you want to take this, since we both had it? Yeah, so he was quoted when uh, explaining what he did to get the alligator into the trash can. He said, I'm not going to be Ben Simmons. I'm going to get me this bucket. <laughs> Which now he goes into the Hall of Fame with the, the with the unlike Aguilar guy. <laughs> He's got to do merch on that. Yeah. Oh, what man. an unbelievable... That's just great. <laughs> <The> coincidence. <laughs> I had a feeling we had, we both had that. Oh man! I what guess is you your plan it next time? Yeah, it's fine. It's work. It's better this way. And you, you have another one. You said, yeah. Um, this one's a, a heartfelt one. Uh, shout out to Blink One Eighty Two's bassist and vocalist Mark Hoppus, who announced that he is now cancer free. Hey. So, good spirits for uh, Mark Hoppus, friend of the show. If I had up Blink One Eighty Two music, I would, but I would be afraid of copyright infringement. So say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Um, my second W, uh, obviously not as fun as the first one, <laughs> Hunter Renfro, uh, the, the football one, not the baseball one. Okay. Did you see what happened Monday night? Nah, I was busy so, at work. So Benny saw it, um, oh. Hunter Renfro, tiny white slot receiver naturally is a punt returner. Sure. Like all the other tiny white slot receivers. Um, Wes Welker. Yeah. He, he's dad, uh, Julian Edelman, <laughs> Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan. He's deep for a punt. And he realizes before the snap even happens, Chargers are about to fake this punt. Really? Snap goes to the punter. Renfro makes a beeline for one of the gunners. Punter throws it to the whatever. I don't even know if it was a real player. Threw it to the guy on the bottom portion of the screen. Renfro blows him up and keeps him from catching the ball. Raiders take over. No shit. I need, yeah, you got to watch this. It's fantastic. I'll send it to you right now. I see it right now. Hunter Renfro. Unbelievable and like I don't know. He hit him with his launch pail. His his motor was so high you couldn't even see it. Ridiculous. He just blew this guy up. What a high motor. Let me see. It's uh oh, before sorry in advance. One of the best, probably one of the like best heads up plays of the week. Just absolutely blows this guy up on the sideline. I wonder what he saw. He must have seen something in game footage that's like a tail. Yeah, they, I'm sure they study that. And also, I, I don't know if there was anybody even on this his like side. A fake punt. Yeah, there was nobody on the same side as the gunner. Ooh. So I think even if it wasn't a planned play, I bet you the punter took it into his own hands because he realized nobody went out with the gunner on the on the the near side of the field. That was a bang bang play too. If he caught it, cause it was right at the uh, the first down mark. We have an impromptu W of the week. Oh, a third one. Matt Vaskersian no longer doing Sunday Night Baseball for ESPN. A, thank, what a, thank God. The, M, the MLB gods. Let's go. Damn, look at this fucking run. Popped him. Fumbled it, too, because he had that catch. All right. Not a bad week. Not a bad episode. I'm still shocked at that Rodney Harrison clip. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't see that. I, I thought I tech, I guess you were working, right? No, I think I was off, but I had like family over. Okay, so I was just busy all day Sunday. Oh my god, I I I saw it on. I was like, this has to be somebody's got to say this on Twitter. <laughs> the that white hand, so... 
that comes off camera holding it <laughs> makes it better. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be our uh, yeah. cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. For this so, week. <laughs> um, just for the sake of fluency, uh, yeah. Dodgers cards about to start in five minutes. Who do you got tonight? You like the Dodgers? Yeah, Dodgers. I'm going to go Cardinals. And then tomorrow, uh, we both have the Rams. Oh, yeah. Rams big. Yep. So by the time this releases, it will be Thursday. We'll talk to you again most likely Saturday because we will record Friday night. Yeah. Uh, Friday's episode, we're going to touch a little bit on the ESPN Top 100. We're going to talk about the destinations for Ben Se- or Redacted to go. Redacted. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about Thursday night football preview Sunday night or Sunday. A couple of college games we like. Iowa, Penn State's a big one. Um, any any new developments within the sports world we'll touch on and we'll knock out a top five list as well. Um, any last words? Go Rams, go Dodgers. I'm trying to take this up. Does this Dodgers game go into our uh, TTP? Because I'm trying to get over. <laughs> I, if I don't remember any of my my ideas, but I'll, I'll check my bet slips and I'll let you know. Uh, we have a we have a special guest in the room oh. before we sign off. All right. Oh. The executive producers. Oh, now he's, he's too shy to speak. He wants <laughs> to eat the microphone. But everybody out there listening, Benny says hello. All right, everybody. That was nice. Ben came well, through. As Sally always. Came through. As always, it's been fun. I can't Thank wait you. for Fridays. Fridays is the Lucy Goosey episode. Oh, I'm looking. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. And we might even get me to try to name all the NHL teams on Friday. Never that know. That should be. We should. All right, everybody. Have a good uh, day and good luck on Thursdays. And- Enjoy the wild card game. Enjoy Thursday night football. For sure. Peace.